Hi, it's Marzena Farana-Sherlock. Welcome to the second episode of Just Stories podcast. Why stories? As Jeff Mead, the author of Coming Home to Stories, storytelling beyond happily ever after, once said, and I believe that too, we humans are storytelling creatures. We spend most of our lives exchanging stories and anecdotes at home, at work, at play. Telling stories is the primary way we make sense of our experience and give significance to our lives. Today, on Just Stories podcast, I would like to welcome Aga Pinchak, who has an amazing story to tell. A story about one place that is very special to her and helped her to change her life. However, before we are taken on a journey to visit Aga's unique place, I would like to welcome her. Hello, Aga. Can you tell me something about yourself? Hello. Hi, Mojana. <laughs> it's nice to be with you today <laughs> on that podcast. And a few words about myself. Well, I'm a woman in her 40s. I've been living in Scotland, uh, in the UK, actually, now for uh, 15 years. Two years only in England, the rest in Scotland. I was born in Poland, in Poznań, so I emigrated after I finished my studies and didn't find any job, interesting job <laughs> to, to do and just wanted to change the place, to live somewhere else, to be with different cultures and hopefully to be able to be a gay person openly and to do not worry about what people are going to say. So yeah, I'm here and I'm not moving anywhere. <laughs> Even from that introduction and knowing yourself, I know that every story that you would say will have so many flavors. You've already told me kind of what place you would like to talk about. Uh -huh. It's based in Scottish borders. However, I know that nature and being active is really important to you and it's a huge part of your life. Therefore, before we start talking about the place that will almost become a character of that story, mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you about the activities and especially about the water because the water links to the place that I know you will be talking about, but it became quite special to you recently. Can you tell me a wee bit more about your relationship with water? To be honest, I'm a water person from birth, really. Uh, I always loved water. I always swim in Polish lakes in the summer. I learned to swim very early, jumping into the water, doing somersaults and uh, all sorts of funny things. Uh, always uh, was a way just to spend uh, summers, free activities you know don't have to pay for that one you just have to find uh, <laughs> a bit of water <laughs> there is a, yeah there is a lot of them in Poland but there is a lot of them in Scotland as well as we know it is an island at the end of the day so we've got water all around and lots of lochs as well so recently I've been just drawn to water for the cold exposure practice which is a part of Wim Hof method as you know as you dragged me into it uh, almost uh, so you know exactly what, what it 
is and what is it all about and how it feels and how it feels is that yeah you can't explain it you can't really describe it you just have to do it that is my opinion I've been now doing that for good four months I would say so every day almost I do go to the local river which is just in front of my house I just get into a swimming suit and run down the stairs in my house go out on the street and run to the river <laughs> Recently, it became really cold, uh, 7, 6 degrees. Uh, I could not spend more than maybe four minutes uh, inside uh, that water. But when you get out, uh, you really feel like uh, you've been born again, almost. Uh, it makes my day, definitely. I've been hooked up on that as well, and it became really popular, especially over the lockdown. There are loads of groups that have been created. You've got loads of articles about how good it is for you. And you've mentioned the Wim Hof Method and the feeling that you can't really describe unless you do it. And I do agree with you. However, there are two points to what I'm trying to ask you here about what are you gaining personally mm -hmm. Or what are you hoping to gain? And another one, also in your case, the story about you going to the river now almost became the community gathering. Well, a little bit, yes. Uh, so starting from the first question, what I personally gain from it. Uh, well, I started the Wim Hof Method to improve my immune system and uh, hopefully to decrease inflammation in my body as I suffer from MS, which suffer is probably not the best word here as I do not look like I'm suffering, really. I've been diagnosed and I would rather like to stay with that diagnosis, not moving any forward. The lesions... Uh, I do right now have in my brain and the symptoms uh, which are occurring from that, which is just one symptom. I've got uh, sometimes problems with a vision in my left eye. So, and that is due to inflammation of optical nerve. So decreasing that and keeping just this symptom at the lowest is my aim. And it seems like the cold exposure definitely works. When I go to the cold water, it goes away instantly. I have a clear vision, the same as in the other eye. And yes, it doesn't last very long. So maybe an hour later, as I warm up, that will start coming back. It will not come back so badly as I started through the day. Breathing, the Wim Hof Method, breathing method helps with that as well. But the cold is the answer for that, definitely. That just takes it away. 
so that is one part of it. The second part, uh, what I want to gain from it is just, uh, yeah, years in this country with all that water around uh, and uh, not much swimming because it's too cold. It's constantly too cold and uh, wearing swimsuits and stuff like that is just much too much hassle. Often I've done a bit of uh, surfing and bodyboarding and so on, but uh, now I'm thinking, you know, I can do the cold exposure. I can get acclimated to that uh, temperature and hopefully by the summer time I will be able to start doing a little bit more of a long distance wild swimming as my body will be telling me 15 degrees it's hot <laughs> amazing amazing and yeah, you're touching on that case of listening to your own body and stuff what I enjoy about the cold explosion it's the energy that it gives me mm, but also that community it almost seems to me from what I've observed that there is loads of women joining yeah. It's yeah. very much female stuff. But what fascinates me is the fact that you've got the river literally two steps away from your door. Yes. <laughs> and tell me, how did you manage to build this small community? Because this well, is, this well, exactly. Where I live, the river is just in front of my windies. And then there's a little bridge over that river going to a park. And this is a dog walker's park. I do have two dogs. So when you walk there in the morning and the afternoon and the evening, you will just meet all the people who are walking the dogs, whatever they are just in the park or coming back from a longer walk from the hills. So you're just going to meet them there. So we are bound to meet someone there who's going to say, well, hang on, what are you doing in this swimsuit in October? And why? I met Eileen. She said, that she's been doing a little bit of uh, that cold exposure, going rather to the nearest loch, which is St. Mary's loch. That is good hour drive. And she's got uh, fibromyalgia. She's got a condition which uh, doesn't allow her uh, sometimes to travel far. Her moving is uh, unstable. Her walking is unstable. So she's been looking to doing something like that, but she didn't have enough guts to just go to the river in front of the other people's houses. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. But when she saw me going, she was just like, oh, well, actually, why not? I'm going to do it with you as well. And my wife, she is from Africa, and she told me she will never, ever, ever go to that water with me and that I'm insane. Just two days ago, she was there at bloody 7.30 in the morning, just before the sun got up. And I was outside looking at her because I said, I cannot possibly go into that water 30 minutes after I woke up. But she can. Well, that's very funny, huh? So she is there. <laughs> We've got another person who joined us just by chatting with uh, Eileen, she's got some problems with uh, quite heavy migrants. The cold exposure helps her with uh, the migrants, uh, so she's quite often in the water with us. Uh, there's someone else joining as soon as well, but she was ill for a little bit uh, right now, so she is just about to join us. And as you said, as uh, just a local event every day, we just got people passing, stopping at the defense, waving to us and shouting, asking pretty much the same question. Are you not cold? <laughs> Classic. Classic. Or is it not too hot for you there? But not many of them are uh, promising that they will join us anytime soon. We are just an attraction. Local attraction sounds Local great. Local attraction, yes. <laughs>
This is Just Stories Podcast. I'm Marzana Farana-Sherlock and I meet with people to find out about stories and places that are part of their history. History that you will not find in the books. I seek random stories told by random people. Today I'm talking to Aga Pinczak about her love of the water, about her love of one place and one person who led her to living a better life. The water element, because you love swimming and you're active and stuff, mm-hmm. will lead me to the other bit that I wanted to speak to you about, because water is the first sound that you remember about mm-hmm. the place that we'll be talking about. Mm-hmm. Then I know that there are tastes and also pictures associated with the place. We've mm-hmm. been talking about the physical and mental benefits of the cold exposure and the place that you're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Seems like space where you can also take care of your soul, body, everything else. So can you introduce us to the place and tell me why did you choose that particular place as that special one? The place is the Kagyusemi Link, the monastery and uh, Tibetan center. And it is actually in Dumfries and Galloway. And it's uh, just uh, around the corner from where I live uh, right now. It is in the middle of nowhere. Why I want to introduce that place? Well, it's a place which changed my life uh, totally. A place where I was reborn. It's a place where, well, I needed to face uh, myself uh, for the first time in my life uh, and actually deal with uh, what I am. And from that, uh, I hope I grew to a better human being uh, and to better understanding of uh, many things, including myself, uh, the world around me, relationships, uh, other people, nature, my body, everything. It's a very special place for me. I have to add that uh, the second part for it was it is as well a life-changing situation that is a place where I met my wife the love of my life that's the story for those who don't know you and I'm sure you won't mind me saying that you're a person when you decide something you will try to make that happen and you're saying that Sammy Link changed your life but can you tell me what was the moment that you make the decision that you went there because you're a person who loves people who engages with people you actually work and you support people and you're with them on their journey of change or just assisting them with Mm -hmm. daily life Mm -hmm. and at that stage we worked together and Mm -hmm. then you made the decision that you're going there can you say a wee bit about that to understand that you have to go back a little bit in my life in general and you probably will know a little bit about Polish culture and how we've been raised and uh, so on to describe the life before let's say although I've been always a very active person very much loving sport and nature and so on I've been as well a person hooked up to alcohol drugs I spent my life uh, smoking and drinking every day for years and years and years and years and I thought it's fine, it's good, it's nice. And I coped with my inabilities by just hiding behind the drugs or the alcohol. You just feel that you are a little bit anxious. Well, you can have a can, that will go away. You feel you are a little bit too angry today. Well, you can have a spliff, that will go away. That's how I dealt with myself for many, many, many years. And that came from from how I was raised, uh, through my household. There was lots of alcohol there. My dad was an alcoholic. 
alcoholic, uh, a violent alcoholic sometimes. Uh, so I didn't really like my house. I didn't spend there a lot of time. I've been pretty much spending time on the streets. And well, at that time, this is what you do in Poland uh, and with mates and, uh, uh, you know, uh, stuff. So it becomes a habit. Uh, and then there is still a huge culture of uh, drinking alcohol and uh, smoking uh, joints. Uh, and that is all just being seen as fine, as good, as uh, all right. That's how I lived my life, uh, really. And uh, yeah, then you do that and then you just one day wake up and uh, you don't have the health you were expecting to have uh, for the rest of your life. So what happened to me, I just, uh, one day I was sitting in the evening at home while smoking my joint and drinking my beer. And uh, I noticed that my eye is just getting funny and I can see less and less. And next day I could see less and the next day I could see even less. And I even went still for a three days party with people and smoked and took even more drugs, uh, you know. And then I came back and I actually yeah I went to the doctors and they said uh, it's an inflammation of optical nerve I pretty much lost uh, totally sight in uh, my left eye they said that it will go away no problem it's not gonna stay I don't need any medication for that uh, they didn't mention MS at that time I found it uh, for myself uh, through research and talking with friends who are opticians doctors uh, and they said that there is a chance that is one of the main symptoms uh, for or a future diagnosis of MS. So that was a, a wake-up call, you know, really. That was a, a day when I thought, uh, well, okay, something has to change because I'm just not going to be able to do anymore what I like doing. And I can see my body is just not really supporting anymore the lifestyle I've been living for the last 20 years. So I just went online, research, research. In Buddhism, I was then interested for good, probably five years. I didn't practice at all. It was interesting for me as a philosophy. I could probably sometimes think that I'm doing quite well, which was rubbish, but I did not practice any meditation, any yoga, anything like that. And I decided it's time exactly. Maybe that is the time when I can go and do that. So I found the Ashtanga yoga classes in Saimi Link run through a year. And I thought that's going to be a good long-term goal and something which is going to take me through not just a weekend, but a year of establishing maybe something uh, different uh, and that's how I ended up uh, in Saimi Link uh, for good let's say because I've been in Saimi Link I need to mention that I actually been for the very first time in Saimi Link uh, between 2007 and 2010 I don't remember exactly I went there with a friend who took me there and funny enough we went there just for a few hours just looked at the place he explained a little bit about Buddhism then and we stood there at this offering altar and he said, well, you have to leave something here. That's what you do. And that means that you're going to come back to that place. Oh, so I left something. Mm -hmm. And uh, eight years later, I was there. And I'm now living just around the corner. What would you say to people who think that it's a wee bit airy-fairy? You know, you go for the retreat for one year, yeah, whatever. You disconnect from the reality. It's all great. And then you're going back to reality. And it's not the same. How would you describe mm -hmm. the living? Because it wasn't just you going and participating in the retreat mm -hmm. as such. You mm -hmm. built life there. The first of all, I went for the yoga cars. Uh, so these were weekends. Uh, this is not a retreat uh, of any kind. And that's where you still socialize with people. We didn't do 
any kind of meditation as such. We just went to do yoga to learn about the breathing. And yes, we went to the temple and we were around like-minded people maybe in a very peaceful place where there is no alcohol and no drugs and you are not allowed to do that really. And that just very easily takes you away into that space in your head as well. Airy fairy, well... Uh, escapism people, maybe. Yeah, well, the thing is that you have to know about Buddhism a little bit more. It's a longer conversation, so we're just not going to go into that. But you've got lay Buddhists and you've got monks and nuns. And uh, yes, to probably understand monks and nuns, it's a bigger journey. You probably would have to maybe experience as well what they want to experience to understand because they do go to retreats and they spend sometimes yes four years in, in a retreat where they are actually practicing mindfulness and compassion and loving kindness and you do wonder when do they have time to apply that in reality if they just spend all the time sitting on their cushion and visualizing stuff and praying telling mantras and so on but they've got a different goal they've got a goal of enlightenment and to become often bodhicittas where they can by their prayers and by their own compassion they can help other people to pray for the whole world to attain enlightenment for a lay person well it's exactly that you just sit there and you work with your mind so next time you meet someone you don't like you are not behaving like an ass you know that's the main <laughs> outcome of it it's the outcome is not to sit longer on your bum and be able not to talk for longer and to just be quiet for longer that's not the aim the aim is to engage with your mind and with your thoughts and find out what really sits there and why does it sit there and how can you change that there are tools to contemplate some of your problems and to focus on them on changing them and then yeah and then go to the reality and meet the you know enemy as such if you can say about some kind of emotions or situations that they can be triggers to your bad behaviors and try for them not to be triggers anymore i think that is not airy that is very much reasonable and logical and uh, very much scientific uh, and if anyone worked uh, at any time with any people who's got uh, mental health problems and they have to apply some kind of uh, working on their minds on behaviors uh, to change uh, the way they behave and they see the reality well it's pretty much the same we just think often that uh, like really ill people should do it uh, only when you are diagnosed with something well i was diagnosed by myself uh, with anger and that's what uh, i worked on mainly it is quite brave to admit to yourself and others where there were any issues and you're saying that very often we think that when people have got a label illness then we can apply certain tools so following that way of thinking would you consider yourself as a buddhist first of all i'm not a buddhist because i generally don't really like any labels and applications of any labels to myself to be a proper buddhist as such it's a religion at the end of the day 
day, you have to take a refuge, it is called. And it is a ceremony through which you go and you join that group of people who believe certain things which a Buddhist religion believes in. So, for example, reincarnation is one of them. So whatever you believe in that or not, it's your choice, obviously. But if you do not believe, then you're not a real Buddhist. You wouldn't be going to take a refuge then, I believe. But equally, the big teachers, they would say, well, we don't need more Buddhists. We just need more people who are compassionate. It doesn't matter. Do you believe in anything which Buddhists as a religion is saying? And do you want to become a Buddhist? That's not the case. The case is that if you want to be a better human being, same link and places like that, they are absolutely perfect spaces for cultivating that kind of thought and that kind of growth with lots of support from the space itself. Exactly. It's not the people who changed me there. It's the space. It's the place for me. What do you still remember about this space? I think I can imagine because I was there. I was able to visit you. If you were describing that space, that feeling, can you put it into words? For me, it is a very peaceful place when you come there to do your courses. I lived there Every coin have got two sides, okay? And I lived in the same link as well as a, a volunteer for a year. And I've been on the side of people who are serving and making that place run so it looks peaceful. Uh, it is not peaceful then, I can assure you. <laughs> uh, it's far from being peaceful. But when you go there as a visitor to receive the service, to receive what that place got on offer at that stage of your life, that's what you are being given. This peace, uh, this kind of disconnection from the rushing world and modern activities and connecting with nature, connecting with uh, other people on a very basic level because what you do you finish your classes uh, at half past five in the evening you go for supper at uh, I don't know what time it is right now six o'clock six thirty you get your soup that's you you can't go to a pub you don't go to shopping center there is barely network there so what you do, you go old style, old school. You go to tea rooms where you can at least order a hot chocolate or a fancy herbal tea and a cake. And uh, you sit down with people who came uh, there to practice the same, to somehow unwind, uh, to find peace, uh, to learn something and to connect. And once they close that place, then you go to Johnston House. Uh, there is no fancy tea there. Just a black one you know <laughs> and again you can just sit on old sofas there with other people and just look at each other probably talk at some point because what you're going to be just sitting there like that uh, you know drinking your black tea for what another six hours uh, because that's when the bedtime comes uh, it just gives you that uh, space to connect uh, in a different way with people with yourself uh, with this kind of uh, peacefulness this kind of lack of activity because we are overwhelmed by activities you are left with yourself uh, really I think there is element of being brave because the glorification of busy mm -hmm. 
is so overwhelming that I catch myself. Somebody says to me, how are you? Busy. Uh-huh. Not even thinking what it means. And you were saying about building connection. And I think you've built connection with yourself and others. But as you mentioned, you met your wife there. I actually met my wife on that first trip up to the Ashtanga Yoga. We met there on that first cars. And uh, yeah, I was very quickly back at her place in Newcastle after this meeting in Sami Link. And uh, to the next one, which was a couple of months later, we went together as a couple. And we stayed like that till the end of the year. We went there for a New Year celebrations with the same teacher, yoga class and the same people. So we had our fancy tea for New Year and uh, really uh, pretty much uh, on our last session on our last cars uh, through the day we were in the tea rooms and we said oh who is going in the evening to the tea rooms and one of the staff members there the volunteer said well it's not open tonight and I said oh why it is not open well because we don't have enough people here and that's when my wife said can we come and help then and they said well if you want you can come and help can we come and live here and help you have to go and ask Rebecca that's one of the people who was running managing that place at that time and from there actually from a joke of my wife future wife because she was a partner at that time we just ended up there speaking with the managers and by February next year we were already living there through the whole year 2014 she lived in Newcastle I lived in Edinburgh we saw each other often and then we were going to same link often she works in very similar jobs as I do so supporting people she was at that time working in a refuge house for women in Newcastle and she had enough her job and as you remember well I had enough of street work and my job and we were trying to figure out where to start our lives together because we need to have a place to start but it just felt not right to start it at either point of hers or mine so we didn't really want to start it in Newcastle and didn't really want to start it in Edinburgh and just same link sounded like a perfect idea just go there leave jobs behind live for a year in one room together working in the same place together coming back home and down to work together 24 hours together well if we can survive that we will survive everything (laughs) and that probably proved to be truth and I have to say it wasn't easy and mainly I think because of me because exactly I came there and suddenly from a person who drinks the beers every evening smokes the joints every evening I stopped and that was a scary point in my life because I faced myself. I was then 37, 38 years old and I faced then there a 20-year-old myself when it comes to any kind of emotional growth. So it was shocking and it was difficult to probably live with. So we had many fights, many pushing around, especially that my wife, she's not going to just let me get on her head and uh, stamp my feet and you know me majority of people they are scared of me if anything you know (laughs) 
they would not rather argue with me because they say, well, no, probably not worth arguing with Aga. But my future wife then, she did. And uh, very good because I needed to stand up to what is it I want from life? Do I want to be right and stamp my feet and be able to just say, well, whatever? Or do I want her next to my side? That was interesting. And we survived it. I bet it was, yes. Because I would probably describe your personality as very strong. This, well, this exactly. I would go, <laughs> <laughs> I would go about, about that. And very rational as mm-hmm. well. Do you still face yourself? Every day I face myself. But uh, yes, I'm definitely much better than I was this year there. And that's why I'm saying it's the space. It's the place. Because uh, we work with people who's got addiction problems. Okay. We all know who work with people that uh, it's very difficult to stop uh, habits of a lifetime when you are still in the same environment meeting the same people, going to the same places, uh, you know, finishing day with the same way. So I was very lucky that I could remove myself uh, to this amazing place, which was very caring and uh, allowing me to be what I have to be at that time, but 16 miles away to the nearest shop with tobacco or a pint, you know. <laughs> I would not walk 16 miles. And even if I would get so angry that I would start walking I'm sure that by the eighth mile I would think now I'm coming back (laughs) (laughs) so a year in a place like that uh, really just allows you even to do that Uh, it's been a blessing that I could do that I don't know if I could do it uh, in any other way if I would be enough stronger mentally to leave behind as well this ego and the way you are because you've got your friends and everyone knows you and it's like Aga you're not gonna have a pint you're not gonna have a joint come on you know that is just like such a disappointment and then before you know you are back just for that one that's never gonna work a year away from everything a blessing Mm -hmm. and a place like that which gave me that opportunity fantastic well obviously now we've got coronavirus so they are not open and generally they became more monastic right now so there is less volunteers uh, working there and they engage with less volunteers it's not a place where you can go now for a year and stay there but there are other places like that it's not the uh, only place but for me that's the place to go when I feel I want to connect again just before we finish i've got one more question around the change and the space because you've touched on something it's difficult when we're surrounding each other with the same people the same environment all that stuff again with the age i also believe that we are not made for what we created mm-hmm. but it's another philosophical discussion to try to mm-hmm. get the world right how did it change your relationships with people who were in your life for a long time and did they stay? The main people with who I've been friends uh, for a while, they stayed uh, and some of them are catching up doing the same. Some of them are just realizing that maybe it's their turn now to turn their lives around and take control. And uh, yeah, and some been there before me. So yeah, I think uh, we somehow support each other through what we go through. And uh, I think that's the friendship. Are you going to do the Looney Dip on the 1st of January? Of course, absolutely, absolutely. I don't know where yet, so I might be uh, catching up with you because I might be in Edinburgh. Fantastic.
Yeah, so then I will definitely give you a shout and uh, join your uh, insane uh, group doing that, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, and let's hope for that because we've already had a chat about trying to have a bonfire. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Coming out so everybody can yeah. warm up. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds that that sounds very good. Yeah, we definitely, me and Lou, we will be there wherever you are. The pink, we call it here Duke. Yeah, we go for a Duke. We're going for a dip. Yeah, well, <laughs> you are just less Scottish than me. <laughs> Apologies for that. I could speak and listen to your story for like another five hours. So we might come back. Well, I told you, you will have to cut me short because I don't feel that I even started telling the story about Sami Link. It's really an introduction. You're very welcome to continue. I'm very happy to talk about it. <laughs> Thanks a lot for that. Thanks a lot as well, Marzena. This was the second episode of Just Stories podcast. Thank you for listening. Unfortunately, due to the lockdown rules, Aga and I were unable to meet for a loony duke. I also didn't welcome the new year in the water, however, dipped in to say goodbye to 2020. I know Aga went into the river and shouted Happy New Year to all passers-by. With those optimistic wishes, I want to invite you to tune in every fortnight for some new stories. You can listen to Just Stories podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean platform. In the next episode, we'll meet Julia, who will take us to Ireland and tell us why a place brings heartwarming memories. She will also talk about her love for racked landscapes and people living in harmony with their environment. Hope to see you in two weeks.